Welcome to episode 91 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Insulate, makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. Today we're going to talk to AJ. Now AJ has had type 1 diabetes since he was 11, and his wife Beth, she was my guest back on episode 31 of the podcast. That that episode was called Pie Attack because it sounds like their last name. They have a little son too, Milo, and Milo also has type 1 diabetes. There is a lot going on here in the family, obviously, with diabetes. Lots of good insight. Interesting to hear an adult who has lived with type 1 since he was little um, start to reflect back on his own health and how he's handled his diabetes based on his son's diagnosis. And, um, you know, it's just interesting to hear from a dad once in a while. We get lots of moms. Okay. You guys are going to like this. And by the way, Happy New Year. It's, uh, it's 2017 now. Great year of the podcast coming up. We have lots going on, and um, we get it started today. Episode ninety-one with AJ. What are we going to call this one? Pie Attack Two. Let's call it AJ is Milo's dad. Pie Attack Two Point One last thing: nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician. I guess simply enough, just go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll, we'll just move on. All right. Um, AJ Pytech, I'm 38 years old and type one diabetic since I was 11, I believe. See, I knew uh, that. Uh, and, uh, married to Beth Pytech, who was also on the podcast and does great work for diabetes. Yeah. So, so AJ, I, I listened back to my conversation with Beth this morning. And the first thing I thought was, wow, I know so much more about the audio now than I did then. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and after that, I was just like struck by how many things we spoke about that I was wondering about you while we were talking. So, um, I guess just for people's sort of, you know, to get them grounded and get them focused on what's going on. You, mm-hmm. you said you were diagnosed when you were 11. You, mm-hmm. you obviously, you met Beth then and got married and had kids, but your son has type one now yes yes he does and beth works in industry in some sort of way she does i I forget how she put it to me before that was um you go ahead and tell me well she's at usc um she writes grants and she does uh research she's an occupational scientist and uh right now she's working with uh people to do intervention to help them with their diabetes and to um get them to see what they're doing better and to manage their disease better. So you guys are about as entrenched in diabetes as you possibly could be. It's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. We uh, talk about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I remember when I first, when I first spoke to Beth and it's been a long time now already, I, the one thing I said was she was in the middle or you both were in the middle of, of working on, do we say your daughter's name on the podcast? I forget. I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> does, it, does it feel okay to you or does this not? Yeah, uh, I, uh, her name, Nova. Okay. My daughter's Nova and uh, my son's Milo. Okay, and, and Milo's type 1 or Nova? My, Milo's Milo type is. One. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So, Milo, so Milo, you were just looking into um, a CGM for him when I was talking to Beth. And she was oh, in the, in the uh. middle of fighting for an insulin pump at the time. Like they were in, you guys were in some sort of a six month waiting period. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Did that Insurance all work was, out? Yeah. Everything's great. We have the CGM now and, uh, he's on uh, animus. So everything's perfect at the moment. Moving along very nicely. Now has, yeah. I know you use a pump. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I just switched over to the Omnipod. Oh, cool. 
Very nice. Well, mm-hmm. it'll make it much easier to do the ad later. And so uh, yeah. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't book people who use Omnipods. I don't, I don't ask anybody what their <laughs> insulin pump is before we start. Um, but it does seem to be very popular. Nevertheless, um, so has watching Milo with, I'm really interested because you've had, you've been living with diabetes for over 20 years, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time now. <laughs> so, so does watching him use a glucose monitor make you feel like you want one? Uh, I have one, actually. You, oh, now. see so. that? So, so how did that happen? Because when I spoke to Beth, you didn't have one. No, it, it's interesting because Milo's diabetes has kind of uh, catapulted me into a new level of uh, diabetes involvement. Now that he has it, I feel like my diabetes has to be good, if not better than his. So, <laughs> just so, so I can so, be an example. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's just a parenting idea, like you're trying to put forth a good example. And, and Exactly. So, so, <laughs> so tell me this then, for somebody who's had diabetes type 1 for over 20 years, were you were you ever working this diligently at it, and it fell off, or you just never were, or where were you before before Milo was diagnosed in in your own care? It's okay. So uh, it started out where it was very low tech. Uh, there was no meters. We were just looking at colors for blood glucose. So I I kind of started you know as best I could, and at that time I thought I was doing really good, and they said I was doing good. Um, but it was really, it was easy because I think my body was still in honeymoon. It was still making insulin. So I didn't really have to do much. Um, and then over the years, um, I kind of fell off taking care of myself, but nothing really ever happened to me. I was very lucky. I'm still very lucky. So, um, there were times where I have no idea what my sugar was. I don't know what I was eating, but I was just okay. <laughs> and so were you and that went, were you using insulin and just like winging yeah it? i was using yeah kind of uh mph and regular back then uh mixing and it was like mph was always you know in the morning and at dinner time the regular was whenever i ate but it was only three times it wasn't like how you get boluses now right when you eat right and it so- was like guess what I'm going to eat in the next couple hours. <laughs> and yeah, so now it's funny if my friend Mike's listening, I remember when we were kids, like he would, he would sort of get up in the morning. I could see him doing this, this, like making this mm-hmm. decision in his head. Like, I wonder how active I'm going to be today. How much am I? <laughs> and then he'd pull down on the plunger and stick it in the stomach and yep. we were off. And so you didn't test in, in those days at all either. Uh, I was testing, but not very well. Um, it was kind of like, you know, once in a while, definitely, wasn't the frequency with which it is now. I mean, now that with the CGM, it's all the time, but, um, even so I'll, I'll still test myself when I eat just as kind of a habit. Cause I got into it. Um, maybe in my late twenties, I got into the idea of, of really trying to test a lot to see what my sugar was because I got curious right. since I had it for so long. Well, yeah. Now, so tell me this. So because you and Beth have been together for, for a while, do you think, mm-hmm. Was she aware of the? I don't. I don't know how to like. Would we call it laissez-faire? Or, or I'm not. I'm not 100 sure what your, well, your your attitude was. But was she aware of it? Do you think, or do you think she is now? I know that <laughs> 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 only because we have much different views about uh, diabetic care. But um, so when I met her, I had been on the insulin pump for maybe a year at that point because it was right before I met her. 
that I went on it, I think it was around that time. And that changed my life. It made me a, a completely different person. And I didn't realize that I was very unhappy and, and sick before I had it because I was just kind of going through life and, and I guess I'm adaptable. <laughs> so. so things got bad and you kept going. See, and you're from, yeah. you're from out here. I'm in New Jersey, but you're from, you're from here also, right? Yeah, originally I was born in New Jersey. So. You, did you grow up in sort of a blue-collar atmosphere? Yes. And so did I. And so if the drawer falls off, the handle on the drawer in the kitchen falls off, then you just you stick your finger on a hook and you pull it by the nail. Yeah. And, and yeah. If, <laughs> if, if you don't have any money, you just don't really eat that much today. And there's this kind of like this, it's sort of a blue-collar attitude about just keep going, keep going, keep going. Somebody's kicking me. That's okay. I'll keep going. Something fell on my back. I'll just carry it with me. And and, mm -hmm. and so as you see, so you're describing how I sadly sometimes take care of my own health. Like I'm like, well, it, <laughs> it didn't knock me over. So I'll just drag it. I'll drag it along with me. And yep. yeah, I, I wonder how, I wonder how much that has to do with like upbringing and, and, and stuff like that. So, so you're powering along, you're probably not feeling great, but you start getting used to your blood sugars being probably high, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And and you just keep going, you keep going. You put this insulin pump on and blood sugars get stabilized and you're you're like, wow, this is me again? Like I, re yeah. I remember being this it, person? It was weird. It was a really strange experience because um, it's like when you don't realize something until it's different and you're like, whoa, what? That's weird. And I, I haven't been nice to you and I haven't been, you know. <laughs> yeah, been very pleasant to be around. And yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so AJ, I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate you. you saying that because you know, there's times when I think, you know, in my personal life and in with the podcast and everything, sometimes I end up talking to a lot of parents who have kids who are, who are more, more newly diagnosed. Um, mm. Doctors tend to give them the idea that like, oh, you could, you know, put your kid to bed with their blood sugar at like 200. That's fine. I know you're scared of her being low, you know, and, yeah. and, and they don't, and, and I try to say over and over again that my, you know, it's a lot, it's more work, but my goal in keeping Arden's blood sugar lower um, mm -hmm. and is in range as possible is the idea that I want her to be who she would be if she didn't have diabetes. If, and, and I don't know if maybe I'm not saying that correctly. And I think maybe you just did like, you know, like if her brain's not altered by the amount of sugar in there, if it doesn't change her mood and who she fundamentally, yeah. fundamentally is, you, you know? Yeah. I noticed, um, in my son who is, um, he's three now. So a lot of times I'm thinking that the sugar is affecting him because, it's hard to control him sometimes. And I'm wondering how much of that is, is sugar related because I think with a three-year-old, especially it's a, uh, you know, his whole body is changing every day so much. It, it's gotta be affected by the sugar swings. Yeah. And, and, and it's difficult to tell in the moment, right? You know, is, um, is this the blood sugar or are they just, just regular little kid, a whole behavior? Yeah. You know, like, like, <laughs> right? like that as an adult, I'm staring at it and going, Oh my God, please stop. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, and, and the worst part is, is when you're trying to be a parent in that moment, you can't say to your son, nah, I'm going to look at your glucose monitor. And, yeah. and if it says you're 80, we have a problem here because you know, you know, and because then this is just you and it's a, it is, it does throw things off a little bit, but it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So what's it like? First of all, are you a musician? How did you come up with Milo? <laughs> I am a musician, right. uh, but Milo, uh, it wasn't from music. I think it was just a name we, we like. I gotcha. Okay. All right. I don't want um, to get off path, but that's a really cool, it's a cool and different. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, I, I play a lot of music. It's, it's funny because it, 
it kind of ties all together. Yeah. Well, and you 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 don't have the easiest last name to match a, the pantameter of, of, of speech with. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you got to go something static. I'll never forget the first remote control car I had. Now, I'm old, so it was a long time ago. But there was this car, and you put a bunch of batteries in it. And then it had this cable that came off of it, and it went to the remote control. But was it really a remote control if it was attached by a cord? Even as a little kid, I thought, that doesn't seem like I'm getting the best deal here. And I realized later, of course, my parents couldn't really afford an actual remote control car. But they could afford this one with this wire. Now, the wire wasn't very long, which was the other kind of funny thing about it. You had to walk behind the remote control car while you were driving it. And let's be honest, that sucked. But then one day, I don't remember how it happened, but one day I got a real remote control car with no cable attaching the remote control to the car. And it was as if the skies opened. It had been cloudy and dreary, and my whole life with remote control cars was just not what it could have been. But then one day, magic sounds happened, and I got this car that was not tethered to anything, and it changed my experience immensely. What am I telling you? You need to get an Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. No tubing connecting you from the controller back to the insulin pump. It's all self-contained, this tiny little thing, it adheres to your skin, everything you need's inside of it, and when you control it, you do it from a wireless controller. Nothing to hang on your belt loop or hide in your bra or anything else. Wireless is better. Tubeless is better. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice to get a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod today. You will not regret it. myomnipod.com forward slash juice Start a life untethered today. Is watching Milo, are you finding yourself reflecting back into your life? Yes, uh, a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not just from the regular dad stuff, but with the diabetes too. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot about uh, my mother when she raised me because basically my dad is great, but he did not play a very big part in in bringing up me and bringing up uh, my diabetic And so my mother did the majority of taking care of me. And I'm just thinking back then she must have been, uh, you know, just a ball of stress trying to figure things out. I have the internet. She didn't have the internet and, you know, she didn't have the CGM. She didn't have any of those things. So it's just kind of bringing me back to, I don't know, she was able to do it. So if I've got all these tools, it's got to be you know, not that hard. If you, and, and you have a lifetime worth of experiences, you know, both good and yeah. bad, good and bad, all valuable in, in learning. So yeah, that's really something. So, okay. So what's, um, so you, so because you did not have a CGM while Beth was talking to me about getting Milo one. So did you see him with it? And then that caused you to want it? Or did you guys just do it at the same time? Was yeah. there a two for one deal on the insurance company or no. nothing like that? <laughs> When his came, uh, what I did is I tried one to see if it would work. And at that time, they just released the G5. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to use my phone as my brain, like the CGM brain. And then he was using the little breakout thing. And so we both had it going. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I should have one of these too. <laughs> and so after I was playing, you know, I was using it for a while. And then I got it through my insurance too. I, I kind of revamped my entire 
endocrinology uh, setup where I changed my doctor, I changed the person that was doing my pump stuff, and they hooked me up with all the all the new diabetes tech, wow. which has been great. Yeah, and, and, and good for you too because it's so it's so easy just to get in a rut and say mm-hmm. to yourself, like, well, this is how we do it, and why would I change? I'm still, I'm waking up in the morning and everything's okay. So, you, you know, like why? But sometimes this stuff makes such a, an evolutionary leap. You sort of have to pay attention to it. You, you, you know, I mean, how, how has, have you had an A1C check since the technology switch over? Like since the Omnipod and the CGM, have you? I had one, uh, which was like the most recent. I only been wearing it for uh, a month or so, Okay, but it was two points lower than what I initially tested at. And I'm pretty sure my next one's going to be lower than that just because, um, yeah, but that's crazy. I follow it. it it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's crazy because I didn't have it before and it's been available for a while. And I think I'm mad at myself, you know, for letting it go that long before I was tried it. Yeah. And I can understand. I can definitely understand that. It's, you know, it, 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 you know, I've, please, I would beat myself up over putting something in my Amazon cart, not buying it, and the price went up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I do the same thing. Exactly. You just sit around going like nine dollars. I just I could have acted, uh, yeah. but but but, <laughs> but but this is obviously a much bigger thing. And and at the same time, you're getting a real look into it. So how is it? I mean, I know how I keep my daughter's A one C where it is. So what has what has adding the technology? like allowed you to do? Are you sleeping at better blood sugars? Are you more stable than you used to be? Or have you been able to eliminate spike or? Um, I'm much more stable. I'm sleeping with good sugars when I do things correctly. I've realized interesting things that I never noticed about my blood sugar and the way it works, uh, especially sleeping wise, because that's something where you never tested when you were sleeping. You never knew what your blood sugar was before you have the CGM on. Um, and so now that I know where my blood sugar is going when I'm sleeping and the fact of even if I bolus for anything at night, if I go to sleep and I don't do any activity, then it just stays there. It won't, the insulin won't do anything. Okay. And it's been kind of interesting to see, um, is your, to see that. Is your basal different at night? It changes, but slightly. Not enough um, that you would think that now the bolus is acting like basil, maybe, or no? Yeah. Because it, I, when Arden's blood sugars get stuck, I, I temp basil and bolus. Mm. And, and so, and, and, and I've just been, in the last couple of weeks, um, and you know, the way I put these podcasts up, people are going to hear me say this like 10 episodes apart, but in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. after um, interviewing... Um, Scott and his wife, who, oh my gosh, whose name I know and has just completely escaped me, but they've, they made their own pancreas. They have the artificial pancreas. Yeah, yeah. DIY. I saw those episodes. Yeah, right. And so when, as one of them was explaining to me that it's not as much bolus insulin as it is basal insulin, and, I'm, and like this thing's making basal decisions, and it just made mm. a lot of sense to me. All of a sudden I was like, we don't play or manipulate basils as much as we should because it's it gets to be a set it and forget it kind of an idea. And then that makes complete sense. You know, there's, there's no way at me with a person who has a pancreas that's working, there's no way that the amount of insulin my pancreas gives off at 10 AM is exactly the same every day. When I started wrapping my head around that a little more. um, Yeah. So, you know, like I, we had like, it's really interestingly the, the other night, Arden, 
Arden's not really up to putting her, her CGM on herself. Mm. And she really kind of only likes me to do it. So I was out with my son and I get a text message from my wife. Hey, Kelly, uh, Kelly calls me and she's like, Hey, look, you know, Arden just got out of the shower. Her towel got caught in her CGM and it just popped it right off. Mm -hmm. Fair is fair. It had been on like three weeks. So, um, <laughs> it, you know, so, um, so it came off and I, I, you know, I texted back first and I was like, how about she takes a shot of putting it on? And then there was like little laughter. And then I said, have her let you do it. And there was laughter. And I said, what if I do it when I get home? And so, you know, and so I get home and in the hour and a half that I was gone, her blood sugar went up pretty significantly and no one, mm -hmm. really, no one really noticed. And so I get home and I test and I can remember it's her, she was 266. And the last time I saw her CGM before it came off, like she was at 83. And so I said, okay. And I doubled her basal rate for an hour and bolused heavily for the 266. And then as soon as I got, I checked her 45 minutes later because now I just put the CGM on. And I didn't have it yet. 45 mm -hmm. minutes later, she was 165. And at that time, point I killed the temp basal increase and then let the bolus ride itself out. Um, I think at some point last night, maybe hours after that, she had to have like half of a juice box to, to stop it from being a little too low. Mm -hmm. But instead of taking five hours to get the 266 down and like kind of nickeling and diming it, I just like kind of stamped it out pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's, I, that's smart. And without the Dexcom, let's say, you know, let's be clear to people. Like I don't, I wouldn't have probably done that if I was back on just like injections or shots or no Dexcom, but mm -hmm. feel, feel safe as a backup. And at the same time, I know if I just bolus, it's not the same as bolusing and changing the basal. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'm sure there's somebody smarter than us that could tell us why. That is, <laughs> but I just, know, I just know that it works that way for us. So. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it makes sense because you get those, like the way I see it, when blood sugar goes up, the more it goes up, the harder it is to get back down. So I could only imagine that, yeah, if, if your sugar's up at 400, you know, double bol double basal plus the bolus it just, only makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, along with hydration and all that, all those other yeah, things, yeah. it would work. But, yeah, I, I say a lot. Like, I think it's much easier to stop a low or falling blood sugar than it is to affect a, a high one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easier in time and, and sometimes in effort also, you, yeah. you know, like, because you know, when you're high, you're like this much. And then an hour later and and then 90 minutes later, it hasn't moved. And you're like, huh. But then you have that feeling like, well, I guess I should wait to see what the rest of the insulin action does. And then nothing mm -hmm. happens and you bolus again. And before you know it, like it's six hours later and you're still like, you're still like 180 and trying to figure out how to get it down instead of just yeah yeah you know, being done. So, um, okay. So. You said your A1C went down two points in, in just a month of using this stuff. How? What do you think the major difference is for you? Is it because I want to say it's going to be pre-bolusing, but I can't wait to hear what you say. Actually, so uh, <laughs> but the the difference yeah, like now what, that I've got the CGM. Yeah, what do you think the, the the what's the big decision you made that you think had such an effect? Um, I guess. Yeah, knowing where my sugar was before I started eating something, it, it's just something I never really did. So now taking into account whatever the blood sugar is as I'm bolusing is it's just it's simple and stupid, but it's something I never used to do. It would be bolus 
you know, I have the, I used to have a Medtronic pump, so I'd bolus for the food, but not take into consideration the glucose. Just kind of figure, oh, my sugar's somewhere around normal. <laughs> Though it wasn't. You just, so yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Or it, it could have been. Or maybe it was, right? Um, but with now, you know, I'm, I'm seeing where it is all the time. I'm just always taking into account the glucose at the same time I'm taking into account the food, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, and it changes, it, it changed everything. It, it just changed the way I thought about taking care of myself because now that I knew it wasn't right, I said, Oh, it must've been wrong here. It must've been wrong here. So now it's just easy to keep it as a flat, um, well, yeah, a because, flat line. Cause you can just bump the line around now. Like now when you yeah. see, you know, now when you see your blood sugar is one thirty, even you can go, Oh geez, something's didn't work out. And here's a tiny bit of insulin. I can bring it back down to 90 and, and you can, it's more about, I always say it's like more about bumping the line around than it is making these big grand changes. And, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so earlier in the conversation, and I, I want to make sure to get back to it. You said that you and Beth have, different <laughs> thoughts about management and is, is that did that come up now that milo's um diagnosed or did she disagree yeah. with how you were handling yourself before him well i i think um she's really great at what she does and she has her method of doing things and because i've been doing my diabetes for so long i've got my old silly ways of doing things and so a lot of times we'll argue about things like carb ratios <laughs> or um, how exactly how much to bolus for something for Milo. So it'll be like, oh, that's uh, 17 carbs. And I'll be like, I think it's 12, you know? <laughs> and we get, we get into those kind of uh, silly arguments, but sometimes we can really get set in our ways where, I mean, it is, it's your child's life. So you, you're kind of gambling with uh, you know, a person and it's, it makes it, the, 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 the outcome seems so much more important. You, you yeah. Know, like, yeah. And it's funny because when I spoke to Beth on the podcast before, and I should, at some point I'll let people know what episode that was, but, but I, I asked her about that, that very thing, because I brought up some of the issues my wife and I have had where it, it is like, you know, well, I think this thing would be better to stop this low. And she thinks yep. it's that, or <laughs> she thinks it's this much insulin. And I think it's that much or, or, you know, because I'm so much more involved than she is and I don't really, you know, my carb counting is, uh, I'm a little more about how it feels. Like, I'm like, oh, I think, mm -hmm. you know, this much, in I think it's this much carbs. But then I'll ask, well, how much insulin is that? And when they tell me, I'm like, just, you know, let's make it two more units. And my poor wife's like, why? Like, based on what? Not like she's arguing with me, but she's like, how am I supposed to do this if you're randomly adding insulin? And, and I, I don't know how to explain that to her. Yeah, yeah, it's the you know, uh, diabetes Jedi mind trick. It's my mojo. Like, like I, can't <laughs> give, I can't give you my mojo. It's mine, and so and I only have it because I spend more time with in and around it. So that's yeah. really something. You know, at some point, one of you is going to get proven out right more than the other one, and then well, uh, something interesting that we realized is that if it's just me taking care of him, I can keep his sugar perfect. Right. And if it's just her taking care of him, she can keep his sugar perfect. But when we mix and match our methods, it goes up and down. That's <laughs> so, so interesting. So it, and your methods are different enough, but they both work. Yeah. Huh. And it's, uh, I think it's about timing. 
it's about, you know, knowing how much she has on board and, and how much you're counted for and things like that. I, yeah, I, I genuinely have come to believe that most of the management is, um, the timing and, and the amount of the insulin. It, mm-hmm. you know, most of it really, you know, if you, if you, if you pre bolus, you know, for instance, you know, at the wrong time, it, it, it could throw off the whole meal at five, yeah. five minutes, one way or 10 minutes. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes, you know, like you're saying, you, you could be, you could be 150, a half an hour before dinner. I would bolus then if I really knew I was eating in 30 minutes, I would get enough insulin going for 150 blood sugar, 30 minutes before dinner that her blood sugar would be more like 90 and hopefully falling mm-hmm. at, at dinner time. Then let the food start going in and then I add the rest of the insulin. And, and you know, if her blood sugar was perfect before dinner, then I do the, our standard pre bolus is about 15 minutes till it starts affecting her blood sugar. So you, you know, and, and, and not affecting it in a way like, oh, wow, look at it dropping, but beginning to move so that as the food goes in and it starts, you know, it starts going up and the insulin starts going down. And then hopefully that tug of war happens at, yeah. at, at 90 and not, you know, not wherever else you could end up having it because you, you mistime the, the, you put the, if you do a pre bolus 10 minutes too late, then your 90 blood sugar at a meal could be 180 and rising by the time the insulin's having any real effect on it. Yeah, I heard uh, you were talking in one of your podcasts about overlay projectors and taking the two overlays and sliding them. Did that make sense to you? Yeah, it's yeah. just something I, I thought about. Um, I, I used to have overhead projectors, but it made a lot of sense to see that in my mind, just kind of taking the lines and, and, and sliding them. Yeah. yeah, just matching them up so that the work's happening at the right time. And, and so that's all low blood sugar is, is, you know, in that, in a bolus situation, it's the, it's, it's insulin without resistance of carbs or, you mm-hmm. know, or high blood sugars, carbs without the resistance of insulin. And so, but it's hard to think about it that way when so many of us get this very kind of generalized information from endocrinologists, you, you, you know, like, you know, eat and give them the insulin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, his blood sugar is only 300 an hour after, but it came crashing back down at two hours. That's perfect. I'm like, that's not perfect. (laughs) How is that perfect? (laughs) So, um, too much, uh, too much medical information in my opinion is, is, is based on like, well, as long as you don't die, not let's not, not let's live healthy. Like just let's not fall over. And I'd like to aim a little higher than that, you, you, you know, a, a little higher than just not falling over. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So I guess for a second, I'll ask you, like, how do you find the Omnipod to be since you switch from tube to tubeless? I love the Omnipod. It's one of the few things where, you know, the company calls me and they say, how am I doing? And I'm actually excited to tell them it's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's it, it just the, I mean, I don't know, like, what, what, what does it for you? Is it the pl- being able to place anywhere? Is it not having the tubing run through your... It's the tubing. You know, I'm very... Uh, I realize that my clothes, I have, like, very specific needs where I, I want it to feel a certain way. And having that tube there, like, you can't tuck shirts in mm-hmm. correctly. <laughs> not that I want to tuck all my shirts in, but it just... It causes a real problem. I would always wear it on my, um, on my stomach, yeah. the Medtronic. And so it'd have to go in one of my pockets. And I just hated having things in my pockets at all times. Kind of nuts. I guess too, the idea of not having to disconnect for showering and swimming and things like that 
probably yes. d- probably does have an effect on your A1C also. So you, you, there's one of those things you'd never think about. You probably shower every day, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming AJ, and <laughs> and maybe maybe multiple times a day. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But but if you're in and out of the shower and that takes a half an hour, you run out your pump. It seems like oh, it's okay, but you know maybe maybe it's not. And I think. I think you're right. And I think it's not only that, but I have a feeling that taking the pump off and putting it back on, I'm losing insulin out of that. You know, like it's kind of because of the way your body is after you get out of the shower and you're kind of sweating. I I think that sometimes you're losing insulin by doing that. More of a gap than just the time you're disconnected, you think? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't know. Listen, (laughs) it's your life. If you don't, if you don't know what's going on, who would? So <laughs> I'll take your opinion on what's happening. All right, cool. All right, well, the, all right, you know what? Now I don't have to do an Omnipod ad, I'm, and I'm not sharing the money. <laughs> I charge them with you. I'm sorry, but uh, but that that's really cool. I it's it's one thing to say it to people, and, and it's another thing to hear it back from somebody else who's having just very similar, you know, yeah. experiences. And and forget the Omnipod for a second. Um, it, it's just I think it's important for people to hear like some things they do as a matter of course that that someone told them is fine like you know disconnect for a shower. Mm. It, it's it's not not fine, but it's also not it's not going to help you get to where you want to be. And then later when you're trying to figure out why is my blood sugar high or you know how come I can't get my A1C where I want it to be, you never go back and say to yourself, oh I do disconnect for a half an hour every day. Yeah, you, you yeah. know, and maybe like you're saying, maybe that half an hour really is 90 minutes worth of effect on you because you know you change a pump, and sometimes they're not as effective when they first go on, and who knows if that's happening every time you reconnect, and you're just adding more variables that you don't need to have to think through. It's exact, yeah, more variables in a path where you want the simplest thing. You, you right. want insulin in your body. Yeah, and that's sure. It. Yeah, you just want to go. So let's talk a little bit about. Um, about how you guys are handling Milo. So he's only three, but he's in daycare, right, of some sort? Yes. And, in- and now when I talked to Beth originally, you were going and giving him shots and handling his insulin. Do, mm-hmm. you, still, do you still do that now that he has his, uh, his pump? Yeah, now I go to deliver the uh, carb-free snack and do the bolusing on his pump and figure out what he's eating for lunch and stuff. And they just don't, the, the school's just not interested in being involved in that? Or it's interesting. Some people are and some people aren't. There's a, aside from that, there's some political things about who can take care of them and who can't at the, the daycare. But I think uh, we're really lucky because the teachers he has right now, one of them is a diabetic. And so she's very involved and, and I feel safe, you know, talking to her about all the things that are going on. The other one wants to know. So we have a good situation right now, but we've had substitute teachers come in and things got a little bit crazy. Yeah, they get messed, <laughs> they get messed up pretty quickly. And, yeah. and and understandable. It's, you know, you're coming into the middle of it out of nowhere and you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, yeah. Probably not real excited to try to figure it out. <laughs> There's parts <probably laughs> like in six hours, I'm out of this. You, you know, so uh, exactly. I don't know if I need to start learning about this kid's diabetes. But how is he, um, do you guys have, I mean, is there some sort of a kinship with the, diabetes developing or do you yeah we uh we do have this diabetic connection where he calls himself a robot because he has a pump and and like we're robots together and stuff and we have our digital you know ninja pack on (laughs) that's got the pump (laughs) so i think it's definitely it would be weird if he was 
the only person with the CGM and the only person with the pump. I, I think he feels like he's part of just what happens, you know, in our okay. family. We're yeah. we're diabetics. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Well, yeah, and and because it does really. I don't know. I was thinking the other day about something I saw, like with a, a little baby. I saw a little baby online getting their infusion set put on. Mm. And I don't know, like he was in diapers and, and I was just like, I don't know, it broke my heart for some reason. And, and and it's funny because I've lived that life with a with an infant and I still live that life every day with stuff. And it doesn't break my heart when I look at my daughter like that. But I was just looking at this little kid and I, th- I kept thinking like, oh, he's wandering around that house and he's the only one that's got this this thing stuck to him, you know, and, and yeah. how that feels when you're that little and you don't really understand what's happening exactly. Like, it just must be nice for, for Milo not to, not to feel that different in, in your situation, I guess. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, and, and like I said, with him having it, he's made me get better at mine. So it's, it's kind of a win-win situation for both of us. You guys, <laughs> you guys will help each other through time, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and then you can talk him through all the other stuff when he gets older. Yeah, in my day, we used to have yeah. colored, <laughs> color strips. Where do you tell me you peed on something to like make yeah. to find out your blood sugar? And he'll never talk to you. Oh my god! <laughs> so, well, that so how do you think? How do you think you'd handle it when he gets older and he starts getting his own? When there's a third idea of how to manage things that come in, <laughs> like, like do you, how are you going to stop yourself from being that guy who's like, look, I didn't pay attention to myself and it was bad. While he's looking back at you and going, but you're right here and you're fine. Like that's a, that's, yeah. that's going to be a weird thing. I don't want to put you too far ahead in your life, but that it just struck me like that's going to be strange. Like you're, this is no different than saying to some kid, like I never drank and them looking at you and going, sure you didn't. You, you, you yeah. Know, yeah. Like, and, and it's an interesting, I guess that's why that pops up in my head. Like I'm not a drinker. I'm 45 years old. And if I've been drunk twice in my entire life, I'd be surprised. And, <laughs> and it's not some sort of like moral stand. I just, does not really occur to me to drink. And, yeah, and yeah. so when I tell my kids that, I know they don't believe me. <laughs> and it's a little disappointing, by the way, because you're like, no, there's this one thing I've got going for me that I'm, I'm being really honest about with you right now, and, and you're not believing me. But but so you're going to have to decide if you're going to be like, if you're going to be pious or if you're going to be like, look, I messed around a lot, and, yeah. and, and, and here's why it's not a good idea. I wonder even if with the new technology, if that'll happen because you hear, you hear people who have come before and have kids with type one and they say there's always this very rebellious time and everything. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much of the rebellion has to do with how difficult it is to handle and how much of it is just psychological and just rebellion. Or if it's, if it really is as easy as looking at your phone and pushing a button, if maybe that makes the, the feeling of rebelling go away, but I guess probably not. Yeah. It's interesting because, uh, with the new technology, it's just so much easier to not let yourself get out of control. And I'm sure there'll be something where I can override his pump from my phone or something. <laughs> if he's, <laughs> you know, going too high, I'll be like, Oh no, you're coming down. Yeah. Well, it would be, we talk about that with the companies all the time. Like, you know, I, I say to the people at Omnipod, I'm like, if you want to make my life easier, keep it. So I don't have to get out of bed to, to, yeah. to dose insulin. Like that would be huge. Um, but I don't know if we'll ever get to that spot or not where you're you're able to give people insulin through, you know, apps and things like that. But Yeah, um, that's what they're doing. Uh Omnipod's already doing it. With the with the one that they have now, the, oh, the, the PDM. 
Yeah, the yeah. PM is going to turn into just an app. That's what they they've said to me. Yeah, yeah, and sat, but the um, I got a little stuck there, AJ, because I I may have signed a non disclosure agreement somewhere. I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm allowed to say. <laughs> Or not. Oh, okay. Let me just say that I don't know what you're talking about. But, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they uh, they told me on the phone, so that I'm just repeating what they said. There you go. <laughs> and so and yeah, and and so an app on your phone, if it works, it, it's funny you'll be making it for for an adult, like when you think about it. But if there's a caregiver version of that app, then I'm yeah. telling, I'm telling you right now, I I probably never bump into a wall again. You, you know, <laughs> I mean, just the idea. Think about that. A 75 blood sugar that's stable, and you want to cut the basil off for a half an hour and try to get it to drift up a little bit, and I don't have to get out of my warm bed and, and walk across <laughs> the house to do that. That would be uh, that'd be pretty huge to me, actually. So, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I would like. It's that. gonna happen. I would think so. I hope so. Um, I but I think there's no uh, there's no advantage to rebelling against diabetes now. You know, it just makes you feel worse. So I guess yeah. You know, well, I would assume it's it sends you down a slippery slope where you yeah. know. You, it, but I guess that's that's the idea of burnout, really, right? Is the idea that you get to a point where you're so overwhelmed with dealing with it that you just yeah. want to stop, and then you you don't feel good to begin with. You stop. You feel worse. Then you kind of fall down that rabbit hole of you know feeling bad feels normal, and 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 you know I guess you don't rebel because you're. I don't think any rebellion from a child starts with "this is my goal of rebelling." Like you, mm. you know, like I guess it just, I guess it just happens for some people and doesn't happen for other people. So, it it might be a very random thing that, that you know. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I was a. Uh, that's my my high school years was uh, not, you know, doing my diabetic duties and, and taking care of myself. So hopefully, he doesn't follow my path. Yeah. Well, what, be well, better. well, what do you think? What do you think in high school? got you off the path because I, I don't know if you've heard, but heard it or not, but I interviewed Victor Garber a long time ago. He's an actor who's been in a million things. And if you saw, if you don't know who he is, if you saw his face, you'd be like, Oh my God, the guy from Titanic. Oh my God, the guy from the, you would know him. Um, Uh, and and he left home. I mean, he's in his sixties now. He left home when he was 16 to go play in a band, I think. And, (laughs) but said that he always took care of his blood sugar. He always had a feeling for how important that was and never, never really didn't do what he was supposed to do. Now, given the tools he had 50 years ago, were not, were not yeah. great, but he followed through with what he was supposed to do, even though he didn't live at home at 16. And so when you were in high school, what did like, what, what was it that got you off of, of paying attention to it as much? I think a lot of it was my doctors at the time. I really didn't like my doctors and I felt like, they didn't, uh, they didn't treat me like an adult because I was still going to pediatric care. And so at the time, I was like, I'm not a kid. You know, I don't need to do this. And, and I think it was some of that. You just sort uh, of plant your flag. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something. So, I mean, you know, my son's 16 and he, you know, sometimes it's the littlest things where they just, they, they, they push back and you're like, why this? Like yeah. this, this you're going to resist on to get, you know, the silliest thing. Um, it, but it's funny too. I, he just started driving last week. He got his permit and, and now I'm, I'm, now he's he's critiquing me when I'm driving. I was, I was like, "Look, buddy," I was like, "When you can stop at a red light without snapping my neck back and forth, <laughs> then I will take your advice." Um, 
but it's just it's interesting where you kind of feel your oats a little bit and and where you yeah, you know where yeah. you want to push back. But oh my gosh! All right, so um, do you do you have goals for Milo's A one C, or do you think of him more as like day to day goals? Um, I think it's my goal is to not obviously have it go above. You know, I don't know what is bad now seven or. <laughs> whatever where, 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 where the guidelines sit i think the ada yeah. guidelines sit at seven now right and that's that's and some people find that um unreasonable and difficult to yeah. obtain and the ada says that for long-term health you're going to need to stay under a seven and um, yeah yeah but i guess where do you feel better at like now that yours came down like because um i've now have enough podcast episodes i can now refer to everybody but chris freeman was telling me that when he um, when he's competing, he likes his blood sugar to be a little higher. He feels better when his blood sugar is a little higher when he's doing something athletic. Not crazy high, just not where he would keep it mm. while he was hanging around the house. But have you been able with the Dexcom now to find where your sweet spot is? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. If I don't eat <laughs> and I just kind of uh, you know let myself go without doing anything, I'm at 100, like almost perfect. And it feels amazing just to kind of ride without any food. Food introduces lots of complications into it. But um, when I'm, let me see what I am now. Hang on. <laughs> I'm 123 right now. And I feel awesome. So, yeah. Arden's blood sugar is 120. She bolus for lunch about an hour ago now and uh that's good yeah and she's at she's about 120 so this was a tough lunch time because she got low before lunch so Mm. we were um we were doing a bunch of things we don't normally do which and and you know what too that's a that's a real benefit of the of the cgm there too because when her blood sugar was 65 and Mm -hmm. we treated with some carbs that i knew were fast acting five minutes later i was able to bolus um her insulin for lunch without feeling without feeling nervous about it yeah yeah you, you know and and so that's just that's stuff that happens so so you, okay so you feel good you feel good with your blood sugar around 120 um, yeah and but is your goal lower um not really I, I find myself if i go around 70 i start getting uh low feelings mm-hmm. you know like like low blood sugar feelings and uh it's actually worse when i'm down at 70 than i go below that I start to not feel them, so oh, it's kind of. I see. Right. And wh- wh- so, where's your threshold set on the um, on the CGM? Let me see. Where's my settings? Um, set. Seventy to two fifty. Okay. All right. So. so 70 is definitely so this is so there's a study that's now in the past when people are listening to this but it's a podcast episode where um where where Dexcom um gave me some information from their studies and hmm. and it says that it says where most people it, it, the information it gives you will tell you that if you set your thresholds at certain places mm-hmm. the study shows that your A1C um, changes by just where your thresholds are. Interesting. Yeah, and so and I, and I would say to you that like at, at a, 
Arden's high threshold is set at one thirty mm-hmm. because I want to be able to react to it. Like it, you know, like in and I bet you if you slid, not that I'm telling you what to do, but I bet you if you slid your two fifty down, that, yeah. that you would have. I don't want. I don't want to say like tighter control, but you'd have more time to react. I guess. But a lot, it, a lot more alarms too, and and that's the other <laughs> side of it, right? Is more alarms is not something. So is that why you're at two fifty to avoid the alarms? How often do you actually get to two fifty? Uh, not that often. If it's happening, it's at night. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I'm still working on my nighttime. But uh, I'm looking at my twenty four hour. But so that's interesting because as a person who's been dealing with diabetes for decades. Your higher threshold on your Dexcom is is less about your management. You're not having trouble keeping your blood sugar down. It's about it's about noise. Not, not, <laughs> not, not wanting to hear the alarms, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but now, so where's but where's Milo's high threshold at? Um, where's his high at? One eighty, I think, or one seven? No, one eighty, I think. One eighty. Okay, and at, at that age, my daughter's was at one eighty too. Yeah, they tell us, you know, they they didn't want us to get too crazy with his sugars at this age just because it's so variable and you don't want to go too low, too high kind of thing. It's, uh, I don't know. That's interesting because safety. it's funny, though, because what you said, what you said earlier is that managing him more closely makes you want to do a better job with yourself and, and kind of vice versa, I guess. You know, you're hoping that doing a better job with yourself will will motivate him too. It's so, uh, you're in a really unique situation. So I, I want to go backwards a little bit and start sure. I, um, because anybody that heard the, the podcast with your wife a long time ago, we started off, we started off fairly uncomfortably talking about that when she met you, her mother, who I'm assuming now is your, you know, your longtime mother-in-law, yep. she, she sort of, <laughs> she sort of asked her, are you sure you want to get involved with someone who has diabetes? Mm-hmm. And and so, did you know that back then? No, I, I didn't know that. And did did you know before you heard it in the podcast? No. <laughs> All right, that's all right. good because now now we can talk about that. How did that yeah. make you feel? Uh, you know, at first it's one of those things where I said, "I can't believe that," and then at second thought, I said, "That's pretty smart, actually," <laughs> because. <laughs> If I was on the other side of this equation, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. It's a, I mean, I don't know. At that time, we were thinking very seriously about marriage. And when sure. you think really serious about marriage, it's something where you really need to consider every aspect of, of who you're going to be starting a life with. And I think, uh, you know, we both knew that we wanted to have children. And the idea of our children maybe having diabetes was actually really scary for both of us. And I don't know if that's why it happened, but it was one of those things where um, I don't know if I wanted to have a child with diabetes, and but unfortunately I couldn't control that. Um, so it makes sense, and I'm not, you know, I have no. Obviously, there's no. no way. You guys have been together a really long time, but but it must have been startling a little bit, right? To like because it's like anything else, it's. Wow, you mean like while I was coming into the house and smiling, and I'm like here to get Beth, and she's like, "Eh, all right, buddy." And <laughs> you, you, you know, like, I've already, I've already told Beth to back off of you, but it's not working. And so, but it just it must have been interesting to hear that, and at the same time, it must be interesting for your mother-in-law to see that how wonderfully everything worked out for you, you guys. Like, and and not that, and that this didn't have that big of an effect on you. So, 
So I guess my next question is, now that you've gone through the idea of, I'm not sure if I want to have a child because I'm scared it'll have type one like me. And yeah. now Milo has been diagnosed. But this is a tough question, I guess, if your answer is different than I expect it to be. But would, <laughs> you, would you go back and change things now that you know how it is? No. No. Uh, and why is that? I think that's the important part of the answer is, is what now that this fear came to light, why is it not so scary you would take it away? It's, you know, this is a pattern in my life, it seems like, where anytime I'm really worried something's going to happen or, or I'm, I'm fearful of something, it's going to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe almost, you just have good intuition about what's coming. I guess, I don't know. It's, uh, so I always feel like a while ago I decided, okay, I'm going to face every problem like head on. I'm going to attack everything. Mm -hmm. And it, and it helped because I kind of anticipated that everything was going to go wrong. And then I was prepared. So, <laughs> well, AJ, I don't find that that funny. Cause I know my, my wife does not enjoy this about my personality, but no matter what decision I make, I, yeah. I reverse engineer most of my decision-making by starting with what could go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if the what could go wrongs are too big, I don't even bother with the what could go rights. So I just shut it down and I go, that's not for me. But, you know, and maybe that's not a great way to do things. And, and maybe it's not. I mean, to be perfectly honest, my life's going pretty well. I, it hasn't it served me fairly well. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's kept me from making a couple of bad decisions where, you know, sometimes whimsy. I was I'd be like, you know what I should do? <laughs> you know, and I could just imagine sliding. Yeah, yeah, six months down the line. I'd be like, I can't believe I did. That was a terrible idea. Um <laughs> I should have not ignored the idea when I said I think I could fall from the hang glider, mm. uh, but 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 yeah. So I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's I think it's a way of thinking about things. It might be a kind of a male way of thinking about things. I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I think know. it probably is. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I know my wife doesn't like it. I know she doesn't like when when she's like, we should do this, and I start with like, well, this could happen, and this could, <laughs> and I'm yeah. four things deep before I, and then and I still feel very positively about some of the other possibilities. <laughs> But I always lead with, well, what if that? What if the house burns down? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, well, that's really cool. I mean, I think it's good to hear for people that that you know, having a child with diabetes didn't adversely change your life. It doesn't adversely change how you feel about Milo or his uh, his prospects or or anything else. You, you know, because it it could be easy in the in the early days of a diagnosis when you haven't lived with diabetes at first to really think, wow, this is going to just steamroll us. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to, obviously. I think a lot of it is just sort of attitude and perspective maybe. In the beginning, uh, it's interesting because I <laughs> like you, I, I'm always thinking what could go wrong or, or what's the worst thing that could happen. Um, but in the beginning I was really worried about whether or not he would embrace it or just reject it. And I think that with his attitude, the way it was, um, really not being upset about it, but saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my diabetes. It really helped, you know, and that was something that, um, if he had rejected it, I don't know that we'd have a different conversation maybe. about. Do, do you, do you ever worry that he could end up just by association blaming you for it at some point? I mean that, and you know, maybe he loses his hair. He'll blame me for that too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I think uh, I th I thought about it for me, 
and you know, do I blame my my uh, genetics and stuff? And it's it's hard because it makes me actually interested to know why uh, you know why I have it. Yeah. Because you because, don't have a direct connection behind you as far as someone with type. But do you have any um, endocrine issues in your family? He, yeah, well, my uh, grandfather was diagnosed, but it was a long time ago, and, and it was before the technology was good. And they said it was type 2, but now it could have been type 1, and maybe he had it longer. So I think there was issues, but uh, my dad has it now, and it's type too. It's not the, you know, he has it because he doesn't eat good. And, <laughs> and, and that he kind of fell down that path. Well, I think that, yeah. I think that the reason I brought it up, the reason I asked you is because you're being so open to begin with. But at the same time, I do believe that there are a lot of parents whose kids get diagnosed, have that, like that, that, I don't know that, that kind of horrible feeling like, Oh, it's my fault, which I think is a re I want to say to anybody who's listening, like that's ridiculous. You know, if, yeah. if your kid needs glasses and you need glasses to say that your kid needs glasses is your fault is it, it's, it's, it's pretty short sighted, you, you know, like, you know, we can talk about, you know, no one asked to be born kind of a situation and, and, and that kind yeah. of an idea. But, but I get the, I get the stress and the pressure and the, and the guilt that comes with it. I, I genuinely do. And, and at the same time, it's not valuable for you to sit around wondering, you know, and, and even if your kid turns to you one day and in, in a moment of, you know, anger or, or frustration and says, you know, this is because of you, you could be like, look, man, it ain't because of me, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, you know, and, and let's stop that, that, that's not, that's not it. We're in this together kind of thing. But I don't, you know, I'm, I'm so interested to, Obviously, it's years and years away, but but it's it's such an interesting thought about about how he'll embrace it or 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 how he'll come back to you with it or may, listen. Maybe he'll just be upset about his hair and not even think about it. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> it's oh, going to be yeah. something else. Yeah. It can't be diabetes. It's too easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, AJ, we were coming up on an hour. Do you want to tell your mother-in-law how much you love her, just in case she's listening to this? <laughs> you are the best. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think. Um, you know, she's really smart and my wife is very smart too. So, well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was really, the reason I talked about it with Beth back then is because I wanted to show people that I, I, I genuinely think some people think maybe because my kid has type one, may, will they have trouble finding a, a real good relationship? Mm. And what I was trying to show them back then was, is that, you know, even despite someone standing you know, in Beth's ear saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> she was pretty sure. So you must've done something. You must've had your hair back then maybe, but, but, you know, it's true, I did. Yeah, so. and, but, but there was something about the connection she felt with you that, that, you know, um, that, that, that made her want to overlook, you know, all, all kinds of things. I'm assuming you're not perfect. So, and, and, <laughs> you know, and at the same time that the diabetes wasn't, when she answered, it was really clear. Like the diabetes wasn't a big issue for her. It wasn't a concern. And, and she felt like she understood what it was pretty well and, and, and never thought about it. And I just want people to know that, you know, the right person will come along oh, yeah. for your kid at some point. So I believe that. Yeah. Well, you listen, <laughs> it worked out for you. It could work out for anybody and, and, you know, and, and it'll work out for Milo one day and, and, uh, and for Arden and for everybody. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. good stuff, man. Um, well, I don't want to keep you from your. So, are you? You're not a stay at home. You're a freelance, right? Freelance, yeah. I, I travel around, but I work from home most of the time. Right. Do you get? Uh, I don't want to say stuck, but do do you do a lot of the house stuff while you're home? Yeah, 
Yeah, I get I get to do some of the house stuff, uh, running errands and things, and cleaning up. So See, before you and I spoke today, and you're on the West Coast, and I'm on the East Coast, so I had a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. I have uh, retrieved my son's contact lenses from the eye doctor. Uh, oh, nice. they, they came in and I've uh, I've folded quite a few loads of laundry I'm <laughs> feeling fairly fulfilled I think after you and I get done I'm going to load the dishwasher and uh, yeah and and and, and uh, get the triumphant of of boring household chores out of the way and, and and be done but I genuinely want to thank you for doing this I can't tell you exactly when it's gonna be on because I scheduled them pretty far out in advance but when but when it comes yeah no out, problem I'll definitely let you know I really appreciate you being so open about like your marriage and, and about living with type one and about having a kid with type one. It's uh, you're, you're just, that's a really honest hour of, of chatting. So I, I know it's going to help somebody else. And, and so I appreciate you doing it. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. No, absolutely. Okay. AJ, um, I hope you have a great day. All right, man. You too. How about AJ? He was fantastic and really open. Wonderful, wonderful hour of conversation. And how about Omnipod for sponsoring the podcast? If you want to try a free, no obligation demo pod, you know what to do. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Make sure you type that in your browser or click it in the show notes because, you know, it helps the show.